0: The Vice President comes to central Indiana as the tax reform debate continues. Today you'll see our interviews with Senators Todd Young and Joe Donnelly. And two of the men trying to replace Donnelly in the Senate, Congressman Todd Rokita and Luke Messer. Plus, one year out, what do elections in Virginia and Alabama mean for the midterms here? And hear what a new poll says about the controversy over Sunday alcohol sales. It's all ahead this Sunday in Focus. Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana, this is In Focus with Dan Spieler. While the president is overseas, Vice President Mike Pence was back in Indiana this past week to put the focus on tax reform. But keeping the focus on tax reform seems more challenging by the day. There's the Russia probe, and now this disturbing news in the Alabama Senate race. Indiana politicians reacting to that news about Senate candidate Roy Moore accused of initiating a sexual encounter with a 14-year-old girl when he was in his 30s. Vice President Pence's press secretary saying in a statement this week, quote, the vice president found the allegations in the story disturbing and believes if true, this would disqualify anyone from... Serving in office. The White House expressing similar sentiments this past week. Much more on that story coming up later this morning. It has been a busy week for the Vice President. On Wednesday, he and Second Lady Karen Pence visited with shooting victims and family members in Sutherland Springs, Texas. We'll get through this through faith, and we'll get through this on the basis of the good and strong people of this community.
1: To see the resilience, to see their faith that was so, so strong, it was inspiring. And we just wanted to give them the message that, you know, America is behind you.
0: Second Lady Karen Pence there in an exclusive interview with Fox 59's Fanchin Stinger. She and the Vice President were here in Indiana on Thursday, the VP talking tax reform in Plainfield. President Trump and I believe that to have sustained growth, the time has come to cut taxes across the board for working families, small businesses, and family farms, and we're going to fight every day to make that happen. Now, Senator Todd Young was also at that event Thursday. He wasn't initially going to be there, but was able to make the trip last minute. This week, I asked him what kind of tax bill he wants to see. I think we need to continue to focus on making sure that uh, the code is fair, that it's uh, uh, simpler and uh, that rank and file Hoosiers are going to be able to keep more of their hard earned money. So any changes that can move us further into that direction, which uh, frankly was the direction of the president's uh, original framework, which he laid out in Indianapolis, I think will be positive, And I'll support those changes. Now, we also talked tax reform this week and a number of other issues with Senator Joe Donnelly and two of the candidates looking to replace him in the Senate about one year from now,
2: Congressman Luke Messer and Todd Rokita. You're somewhat of a target. The administration would like to get moderate Democrats sure. like you, you on board. Do you feel additional pressure in terms of this plan specifically? You know,
3: I actually don't um, because I view this as I'm the higher help for Indiana. So my focus is... Uh, just on our state. And I work for the people here. I don't work for the president. I didn't work for President Obama or President Bush. When they're right, I'll work with them. When not, I'll pass. And so, like I said, when the president came and visited here, Mm -hmm. look, if there's a good plan, I'll I'll be there. Um, We're glad he visited, but that's not going to be determinative
0: in what
2: what I do. Is this the plan, a good plan?
3: I think it needs some work.
2: Is this something the
0: House can really pass by Thanksgiving, uh, you think, with with uh, so many other things happening uh, in Washington, D.C. these days?
4: Well, we need to get it done, Dan. I mean, we, we've promised the American people that we would um, cut, our, cut taxes. It, this is all about more jobs, bigger paychecks, uh, simplifying the tax code so that it's fairer. So I'm
5: looking forward to moving it forward. You know, this is tax reform. This is, these are tax cuts for the everyday Hoosier uh, family. You know, if you make an average of, let's say, $50,000 or maybe even a little less than that, you're, you're scheduled to get nearly $1,200 back of your property. So this is um, far from being for the rich. This is for the everyday man and woman.
4: And then it needs to go over to the Senate. And as we've talked about before on your program, listen, the Senate has been a mess over the course of the last year. It's not okay that the Senate wasn't able to deliver on health care. We need them to deliver on, uh, on taxes as well.
0: Speaking of the Senate, this week marks one year till the midterms. You're hoping to go up against Senator Donnelly next fall. Uh, This week, a poll had his approval rating in Indiana at 47 percent with 26 percent disapproving. What do you make of those
4: numbers? Listen, we're going to have a a year here now to make the case. Um, Senator Joe Donnelly is a nice guy. I, I like Joe. The problem is he votes out of step with Hoosiers. Too often he sides with the liberal Democratic leadership in their chamber and is standing in the way of the Trump agenda. You know, a whole lot of these items, including Obamacare, that have failed in the Senate, have failed by one vote. If I was the U.S. Senator from Indiana, health care reform would have passed.
3: God bless we didn't do the health care plan that uh, that was put forward before the Senate. It was a health care plan that would have ended hit 2.0 coverage for over 400,000 Hoosiers. It would have made it that if you have Diabetes, your rates would have been so expensive that you couldn't afford coverage anymore. That for um, older Hoosiers, as I was mentioning before, if you were 60 years old, your rates would have gone from 5,000 to 20,000. So he's right. If he was in the Senate, those things would have happened.
5: People know that I'm a fighter and that I fight for them. And so you're going to see us fight uh, about against the liberal policies that Joe Donnelly has voted for out of Joe Donnelly's mouth. He says he votes. The Liberals 9 out of 10 times. votes with Bernie Sanders 80% of the time. And you're going to see a lot of differences between uh, me and my other primary opponents. What was your reaction this week to the Mueller indictments?
4: You know, I, I think that that process is, is an important one. Um, we need to to watch it. Um, unfold, Uh, but that's really, as I talk to Hoosiers, not what most folks are focused on. Um, None of
5: those indictments, as as far as I can tell, have anything to do with Donald Trump or Donald Trump and the Russians. My concern is that it goes far afield from its original charter, which is to find out collusion uh, or how the Russians uh, affected our campaign. None of the things that Mueller has brought forward so far or made this week seem to have any Connection to campaigns or Russia or anything else,
2: Congressman Rokita. Uh, another congressman who would like to take you on in, <laughs> in, in in one year. There's a number of them. <laughs> put out put out a, a release earlier this week citing the Daily Caller report uh, involving Tony Podesta and some campaign money that he he has given to you. Saying Senator Donnelly must return the thousands of dollars in dirty campaign cash. Like <laughs> give you an opportunity to respond to that.
3: Well, you know, I'm more than it, it, it's a minimal amount, and I'll be more than happy to send.
5: So you will send the money back,
2: and he, in fact, told us that he he is going to.
5: I'm glad he's taken my leadership. You know, it's, it's the least he can do.
0: Rokita and Messer are among a field of six Republican candidates in all, including State Rep. Mike Braun, who's leaving the legislature to
2: run for Senate.
0: He's also first on the air with a new TV ad out this week.
2: I'm Mike Braun. I started a national company right here in my hometown. But Washington's inaction has cost our country trillions in debt, and lost opportunity. I'm running for United States Senate to get Washington moving again.
0: By the way, we'll be sitting down with Braun next week in an interview you'll see right here next Sunday in Focus. Coming up this morning, we'll get more thoughts on the sexual abuse scandal in the Alabama Senate race and what people here in Indiana are saying. You'll hear from our panel and from Indiana's two senators up next. We're also talking about next year's legislative session, some of the controversial issues like Sunday alcohol sales, perhaps an agreement there, but there's also a new debate on medical marijuana. What the governor's saying on that issue, we'll tell you coming up.
3: I think he should withdraw from the election. The facts surrounding what happened in Alabama are pretty clear, and I think, um, you know, I, I just think that would be the best thing to do.
0: That's Senator Joe Donnelly's take on the Roy Moore controversy, calling for him to withdraw from the race from our Republican Senator Todd Young, quote, These allegations are extremely disturbing, and if it's true, he should step out of the race immediately. We're here now with our panel. Tony Samuel was vice chair of the Indiana-Trump campaign last year. Two former state lawmakers, Democrat Christina Hale, Republican Mike Murphy, Mm -hmm. and Jennifer Wagner, the former communications director for the Indiana Democrats. Tony, what do you make of the reaction on this here in Indiana and also in the Trump and Bannon camps, with Bannon mostly sticking by Roy Moore and blaming the Washington Post instead?
6: I think the sensible reaction is that he should definitely step down if he's guilty of this. And uh, we'll wait and see. He's denying it vehemently. Um, More facts will come out. But uh, I think that's what, uh, you know, the way to look at it is if he's guilty, if more comes out on this, then, yeah, he should definitely step down.
0: You have some Alabama politicians uh, defending more, also even even seeming to defend uh, the, the alleged actions.
1: This is an epidemic problem around our country, certainly here in Indiana, where one in six girls are raped or sexually assaulted by the time they leave high school. This is a high school-aged young girl. It is outrageous. It's a crime. It's violence. And I think it's time to have a very serious conversation about this. Absolutely, he should step down.
0: How does the Republican Party deal with it?
2: Well, first of all, it's an allegation. And allegations can be made by anybody. I actually agree with the vice president who said last night, if he did it, he should step down immediately. But we don't, you know, the truth always comes out, let's put it that way. As far as the defense of Roy Moore by the state auditor or a state rep from Alabama, it's twisted, it's sick. Um, There should be no defense for that at all, but it's still an allegation.
1: The truth doesn't always come out, and I just asked the Catholic Church if we needed Mm. any more evidence about that kind of problem.
7: Wow, well, I don't know that I have anything else to add to this. Um, it's deeply disturbing. The allegations are very disturbing. Uh, if they're true, he should go. And I think you're seeing a lot of Republicans, establishment and otherwise, who are already cutting him loose uh, for, for obvious reasons. So um, I, I just feel for the for the victim in all of this, the alleged victim in all this, and I hope that the truth does come out so that uh, she can have some vindication. There's
0: obviously already an interesting dynamic, the establishment wing, this outsider wing. Uh, and let's talk about that in terms of the Indiana Senate race. Todd Rokita has really tried to bill himself as the outsider in the race. In fact, when Roy Moore won the Alabama primary, his campaign wrote a memo called what Roy Moore's victory means for the Indiana primary, saying the outsider candidate in Alabama tapped into the same anti-elite message that elevated President Trump. Well, people in Rokita's circle today saying, look, that was not a memo about Roy Moore specifically, but about the outsider movement and taking on the establishment with them suggesting uh, Messer is the establishment figure in this race. But again, the Steve Bannon effect. Uh, how does all of this fit into 2018?
7: Well, this is the risk you take when you attach yourself to, uh, to the names of people who are uh, still on this earth uh, in, in political circles. That's why you shouldn't name buildings after living people quite often, uh, because they can go on to do very bad things. And I think uh, that that's happened in this case, potentially. Um, and that campaign's going to have to walk this back.
0: If Roy Moore is elected to the Senate, it'll be a situation where people are asked about him every single day. I imagine.
2: Well, if Roy, I don't think Roy Moore will be elected to the Senate. But if he is elected to the Senate, I think it'll be very difficult for him to be effective because I think people will shun him. The women will shun him. Most of the thinking men will shun him. But let's get back to the Luke, Luke Messer and Rokita thing. You know, the the whole theme of defeat the elite is a is based upon a false premise. I mean. Luke Messer is an elite, if you want to call him that. And so is Todd Rikita. There's no difference between them. I'll I'll keep saying that until they start talking about issues where they show some differences between each other.
0: You also had the elections in uh, Virginia this past week. Obviously, Democrats uh, winning big there. Now they could be looking at Indiana because of what happened Tuesday night. Uh, The headline from the Hill was Democrats expanding the House map after the election victories. One of their new target districts, Indiana's 9th congressional district, and Trey Hollingsworth's seat as they try to unseat the freshman GOP representative. Uh, What was your reaction to what we saw on election night and what that could mean uh, for next year?
1: Well, there was a lot of texting and tweeting going on among Democrat circles. People were really happy at the news. Finally, a win. But I think we will see some shifting. And I think, too, people are going to get excited about voting here in Indiana. We've had one of the worst voter turnouts um, in the recent years in our state. So I think people, when they have a little bit of hope, they're going to step up and vote. And we're going to start to play in some of these congressional districts.
0: Concern for the midterms, or is
6: Virginia a much different state than It's, it's different, but also turnout's a, a key point here. Turnout in a in a 2017 election compared to 2016, 2018, or 2020, election, totally different. If if you had more people coming out, you'd had a different result. That's the
0: bottom line. I What'd think. you make? Tuesday I
2: hour. agree, with Tony. Um, you cannot stack elections on top of each other. Every one is unique. The problem with Virginia is it shows more signs of a literal civil war in the Republican Party. You the, the minute this uh, Gillespie lost. You had one side saying he wasn't Trump enough and another side saying he lost because Mm -hmm. it's a referendum on Trump. It's a clear sign of a civil war. It has to be solved. Fortunately, we have good Republican leadership here in the state, and it hasn't happened well, here. what does this mean for Indiana?
7: Do I don't know yet, but I yeah. think, um, you know, beyond Virginia, there were a lot of down-ticket wins for Democrats uh, in state legislatures and in other areas, which is very encouraging that that kind of a wave could creep into Indiana next year. That being said, it's all going to depend on the popularity of President Trump, and I think we've seen him take a hit here, but is it enough of a hit to make those down-ballot races here uh, in play? Yeah. I don't know.
0: Of course, we've got the very big Senate race here. We'll be in the spotlight. Uh, This week in the spotlight, tax reform, specifically the vice president's visit to Indiana, again putting the pressure on Senator Joe Donnelly in that speech. Donnelly's vote on this could be crucial and, of course, up for re-election next year. Donnelly will continue to be in the crosshairs here.
6: Yeah, he will, and uh, this is going to get done. Everyone uh, realizes how critical it is on the Republican side. Uh, The the Senate came out with a plan, House has their version. Those are going to merge, and uh, I think you're going to see a lot more pressure on Donnelly to vote
0: for this. And again, Donnelly saying, I want to come to the table. I want to be a part of the discussion, but not committing yet to uh, voting for a GOP tax reform plan.
1: Well, the devil is in the details as it always is. And there've been so many crazy things discussed, like not allowing people to have that tax deduction on their student loans. So I think being cautious, doing your homework before you take such an important vote is the right thing to do. And it's what Joe Donnelly is going to do. In the House and Senate sort of oh, yeah, it's out. All,
2: It's all, all these things come down to a matter of leadership. The leadership exists. They have, just have to decide they're going to act. And as far as Donnelly goes, he survived to the, so far because he's smart. He'd be crazy to, to make a commitment right now. He's got to sit to the last minute, and then he'll vote for it.
7: What Mike said, actually. Uh, No, I think uh, you're going to see that that schism in the Republican Party is going to be more and more meaningful as this debate goes on. And I think at the end of the day, Joe will do what's right for Hoosiers. Um, But that that thing that comes to him from that House and Senate compromise is going to have to be something that's good for all of us.
0: All right. U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions came to Indianapolis this week as well. He met with members of the Ten Point Coalition. Alongside Indiana Attorney General Curtis Hill, the group demonstrated how they walk Indianapolis neighborhoods in an effort to reduce violent crime. Sessions praised Ten Point's model, saying, it could be replicated nationwide. Those are amazing results, really, and uh, you you can't expect to see that around the country everywhere, but it is particularly noteworthy.
2: This visit is viewed as an insult to many of the leaders of the African-American community. Mr. Sessions' visit to Indianapolis should be viewed for what it is, a photo op, an opportunity to solicit federal dollars to support a program that has yet to provide any empirical data that its efforts have diminished crime in our community.
0: All right, so obviously some differing views on this. What did you guys make of the Attorney General's visit here to Indiana? some of the backlash.
1: Extremely controversial. You know, the black clergy here in Indianapolis and Indiana haven't always agreed. We've seen this in RIFRA and some other significant debates. Um, I hope that because of who they are and how they conduct business, they'll be sitting down and really um, finding some common ground. This is really demonstrating that race is an issue that's hot, it hurts, and it's very important.
2: I think it's sad that politics entered into that visit. We don't need just one 10-point coalition. We need several. We need an 11-point coalition, a 12-point coalition. Any group of goodwill that's willing to help reduce violence in Indianapolis should be praised, not criticized.
7: Yeah, I think it was a good week for Jeff Sessions because he got out of Washington, D.C., and he didn't have to talk about Russia. So he got to come out here and talk in the heartland. So that's a win for him.
0: Of course, Indiana's attorney general a very big part of that event as well. Curtis, Curtis to for...
6: We're pushing it as, as well as
0: he is. All right, up next this Sunday in Focus, we're talking about medical marijuana and the push to make it legal for veterans and others in need. That's something Attorney General Curtis Hill has fought against. The governor also saying he's not so sure. So, will this ever happen here in Indiana? Stick around, we'll be right back.
7: He put his feet out in front of him as if he was relaxed. I was so surprised. I saw a glimmer of my Mason coming back.
0: Emotional words from the mother of an Army veteran killed by police in a 31-hour standoff in Owen County. She's now joining the push for medical marijuana. Jade Griffin says her son Mason suffered from PTSD after serving in Iraq. After taking Mason to Colorado to get a prescription for medical marijuana, Griffin says she saw a big change in her son, and she thinks... Her son's story might have ended differently if medical marijuana were legal here in Indiana. This past week, Governor Holcomb said he would not support the efforts to decriminalize marijuana for medicinal purposes or otherwise. Holcomb was asked about that as he laid out his agenda for the 2018 legislative session this past week. At the top of his list, the economy, workforce, roads, and ending the state's drug crisis. The governor says he wants to send a strong message to drug dealers by creating harsher penalties for drug overdose deaths in the midst of this opioid epidemic and he also wants to continue expanding the number of treatment centers statewide.
5: We don't have an ATM machine that can just it's not just money that's needed it's also how we conduct ourselves and how we're organized and how we're working together and how we're uh, able to more quickly get people into treatment and making sure
0: the
4: treatment's closer.
0: Another issue that's sure to make news again this year, alcohol sales. The commission studying that issue will meet again next week with the full legislature returning soon for Organization Day later this month. The new Hoosier survey from Ball State sheds some light on this issue. The study shows the majority of Hoosiers support changing state alcohol laws, more than 60 percent support expanding cold beer sales, and more than half of Hoosiers are in favor of selling alcohol on Sundays, 58 percent Also this week some big news perhaps a deal on that Sunday sales issues between the big box retailers and the liquor stores. Tony, obviously you work on this issue representing some of the convenience stores like Rickers that have been upset about the cold beer controversy. Maybe a deal here, but you're saying not all the parties involved.
6: Well a deal between two of the players but not a good deal not a good deal for consumers. Uh, this is the retail council and the liquor stores that are protecting their own turf. Uh, afraid of what could happen uh, if if you also get cold beer. But it's not good for consumers that want cold beer. And, and that uh, survey that showed 60%, it's actually increased quite a bit uh, since the last time in 2014. It's PM a complicated surveys. issue.
0: So, you know, uh, but obviously we have seen some polling on this. What do you, what do you think is going to happen this year?
1: Um, I think something will happen, but is it a complicated issue? I mean, I can <laughs> tell you my former constituents were always like, just figure this one out. Sunday sales, cold beer, is it, you know... Uh, a work of Einstein. Complicated no, in terms on. of here
0: we've got what three because different businesses. This is right. about yeah. business. Yeah.
1: This, this is groups. not about protecting yeah. people or citizens, and that's where we need to focus. Yeah, there's no issue
7: that is more obvious a disconnect between what people actually want and what they're able to get because of what the people who are inside that limestone building, uh, the special interests that are applied. No offense, Tony. I'm not. I, <laughs> I'm I love you dearly, yeah. but yeah, you're on the consumer side. But I mean, there, it's just it's it's ridiculous. Quickly, a final word. Well,
2: the, first of all, the, the lobbyists can make all the deals they want. They have not uh, reckoned with two groups. One, the Indiana Chamber, voted unanimously. Cold beer, Sunday sales, and distribution of any kind of alcohol you want. And they have not reckoned with Bev Gard, who's in charge of that committee. She's one tough lady, and she can't be bought. Of That's course, some, somebody's name in charge of this is Bev Gard.
0: Like are <laughs> right, <laughs> No beer
7: for day. you. <laughs> we have three
6: meetings left.
0: More on our podcast. Stick around. This week's winners and losers after this time for this week's winners
6: and losers. Tony. I'm going to pick losers. Mike said the Republican Party had a civil war, but look at the Democrats. They can't get anything together. A lot of infighting there. Interesting.
1: Winner Donald Trump, he got to escape all this controversy this week by being in Asia. Losers, the princes of Saudi Arabia.
2: My winner is uh, Mike Pence. I think he handled the Roy Moore thing perfectly. I think he continues to make me proud.
7: And my winners and losers are those who are coming forward in all of these sexual harassment scandals. They're winning because they're being vindicated, but they're losing because they're being re-victimized. All right.
2: We'll see you next
0: week right here on New Focus.